2: The HustleShare Podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash HustleShare PDAX. Also powered by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE.
3: So we just want to not forget what made us great. We're definitely very, still, very values-driven still. And all this about these new worlds that, uh, on, on crypto and play, play to earn, we're just going to look for worlds that also make sense for our community.
2: Welcome to Hustleshare, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baetjong.
0: Welcome to the latest episode of the All Shared Podcast. It's a brand new year, but we're not going to start the year by having some random guests. I mean, everybody that's been here for the past three years that we've been doing this, we turning three this year around the uh, end of February and the first week of March. But again, we can't be starting year 2022 without highlighting the youngest and also the, the, the startup that made the biggest flash before 2021 ended. And before I get carried away. I need to welcome the co-founders of Acad Arena. Let's start with Kevin Huang, Justin Banusing, and obviously the girl boss, Miss Arian Lim of Akkad Arena. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the show, kids. <laughs> this is your Tito Ronster. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I feel so old. My God, you know what it feels like? I carbon date it. But again, this is just a testament of how flourishing the startup ecosystem is and how amazing young founders like you are now blazing the trail. And I've said it in past episodes, we are now following your lead. This is now your time to shine. This is your game. And we're just here to, again, pave the path for you. And that paved path that we actually did is... Made with a lot of failures. Hopefully, you don't make the same mistakes that we all did. And we're here to help you out. But again, congratulations, guys, for just raising $3.5 million before the end of 2021. Good job. We are very proud of you. And amazing work. But before I get carried away also, I've been asking this. I I can't do $3.5 million. What I can do? The million-dollar question. Guys, what's your hustle?
3: Thank you so much for having us, Ron. So yeah, Katerina uh, started in 2019. We are a tech startup based in the Philippines. And it's where student gamers can play, connect, and earn. We're different from a lot of other campus esports programs or collegiate tournaments out there because we build for every student gamer. It actually doesn't matter if you're the talented um, aspiring pro or the student creator or the student leader. Or just a casual who's just curious about esports. We have a a lot of experiences for you from enrollment to graduation. Um, we were also the ones who seeded a lot of esports and gaming clubs uh, around the Philippines. A lot of the big ones wow. out there that looks like they're amateur teams because mm. they're so well run. I was there. We I was there when uh, their founders were still in freshmen, and now they're graduated and some of them work for wow. us so really it's not just a tournament it's an ecosystem it's a lifestyle that we want to build for student gamers to make that four years of their life sometimes seven um <laughs> awesome uh, uh awesome here and maybe th- uh, in southeast asia as well in the next few years yeah
1: that's why our model is not just, play. just play
0: that's great now again well, what's, what's what's very interesting here is that, again, towards the latter part of the year in 2021, again, play to earn uh, just just popped out of nowhere. But I knew that this was brewing underneath and it just, you know, uh, rocketed through. But again, gaming has been here for a long, long time. But before we even discuss and dig deep in why you started this, kids, I need you to buckle up. In the Magic School Bus, it will be a school bus again. <laughs> Because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine. Oh wait, Pat, flash in your seat beds. I am your bus driver. All right, kids. Oh my God, sorry, can't help it. Because I just want to understand before we even ask all the way back how you how young you guys are. Uh, how young are you guys? How young is this team? Let's start with you, Kevin. How young
4: are you? Uh, I'm I'm the oldest on the team. Um... <laughs> And you are um, how old? We
3: remind we remind him almost every day. I'm
4: I'm, tw-
0: I'm 29.
4: I just turned. You 29
0: do not look 29, my man. All right, that uh, still. Uh, and you, Arian, and uh, Justin, how uh, how young are you guys?
3: Um, I'm I'm 28.
0: 28. All right, and Justin.
1: Yeah, uh, I just turned 22 last, last month.
0: What? Again, Gen Zs and Gen. Uh, why? I don't know what zelenskis we call them, but again, you guys are pretty young. And again, for for raising this thing, we, we couldn't even fathom the amount of success, and this is super exciting. But I want to understand from each each point of view, guys. Let's start with you, Kevin. Again, not 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 making you you're not starting you because you're the oldest in the team, All right. Just just because you're you're coming all you're calling all the way back. In from the Pacific Northwest, shout out Seattle Seahawks. Shout out, all right, and the rain, um, and the Sasquatch also hit, hiding in the woods. Um, I want to understand yes, from your uh, point of view: How did you start out um, your love for gaming? Because that's a common theme. You can't be making a gaming startup if you're not a gamer, right? And I've had so many uh, entrepreneurs here who started out the similar path. But the the core of it all is is love for games. How did that start for you?
4: For me, when I when I was growing up, um, I, I remember playing my first MMO RPG called RuneScape, and mm-hmm. I think that was when I first got the internet when I was like nine. Mm-hmm. And I remember logging in, and I was just blown away by a world of people in like goblins dragons and i just felt like i was on an epic journey mm-hmm. and I, at that point i was hooked like to the point where like i was just like addicted and all those things and all for the like good reasons and also for the bad reasons and i, I kind of uh, stuck through it and um have been a lifelong gamer and then what i what turned me into uh gaming and esports was Uh, I felt validated for loving games when I was watching um, League of Legends Esports and StarCraft back in, like, 2009 to 2012. Um, Mm. It was just breadcrumbs, like, watching StarCraft videos on YouTube to, like, Mm. you know, watching the Season 2 League of Legends World Championship where, like, Taipei Assassins was against Azubu Frost. And at that point you know, it was like 400, 500,000 people watching live on Twitch Correct. stadium was boring. And I was like, this is, this is it. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to do this. Uh, I was during that time I was in college and, um, I was working at Microsoft as like, uh, I was working in education at Microsoft mm-hmm. and, um, I was like a intern. And then I then, um, dropped everything that just Figure my way into uh, figure my way into the space. Uh, at that point, I was hooked in 2012, and I never looked back.
0: All right, now let's cross the Pacific real quick and talk to your team on the other side of the of the Pacific. Uh, and, uh, let's start with with you, Justin, uh, on, on on this side. What again? Being the youngest, and I still think you're you are you done with college, even or are you still in college?
1: So I'm 22 right now, but I first got my love for games uh, growing up. So I I grew up playing video games with my dad. My dad's a big gamer as well. Uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. intre- uh, you know, we're we we're a family of gamers, and he really, uh, you know, g- growing up, he really like taught me how to play a lot of games. So he would actually have a player too. Uh, we played a lot of fighting games, actually. So I was actually the guy who would like beat down in <laughs> playing Street Fighter, Super Smash Brothers, Tekken, uh, and uh, you know, gaming was really a family thing for me growing up. But When I was like 13 or 14, I actually stumbled upon this like documentary on YouTube called The Smash Brothers. It's kind of like a documentary about the Super Smash Brothers community. And I was just amazed of like, you know, it wasn't really the value of esports like as a career, but really the value of it, of seeing so many people come together uh, for something they're really passionate about, which is video games. And, you know, from there, I actually, uh, you know, started my career as a tournament organizer for my hometown here in Iloilo. And, you know, over time, you know, just that, like just cascaded into this career so far. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually, as he as said, I don't like I, I don't look like I finished college because I haven't. Wow. I still have two quarters left of college. So I'm a senior right now at the University of Washington in Seattle. And that's actually how or rather Kevin's actually the reason why I went to school abroad, because he actually uh, he actually like helped me apply to be wow. the school's first esports coordinator. So I actually got a partial I actually got a partial scholarship at the school or a work study position at the school because of uh because of like working for their eSports department
0: that is so cool and again just because of the pandemic you can afford to actually study in University of Washington right uh am i yeah. correct It's called the huskies right Washington huskies
1: no i've been uh, so i've been at UW for the past uh for the past four years so i actually moved before the pandemic So I've actually, uh, you know, I had a couple of years of my career here in the Philippines when I was in high school. So I've actually, that's actually how I met Aryan. So I was, uh, I was actually a contractor. I was actually a contractor when I was like 15 or 16, lied about my age. So I could work in the industry, (laughs) but, but, you know, like that got me, I I was able to move to the U.S., do a couple of years of school there. Then I went back home here during the pandemic, uh, went back home here during the pandemic. I went back to the U.S. again a couple of months ago. for school and then now i'm back here in the philippines for christmas then heading back to the u.s in a couple of weeks again but yeah like that's i just go back and forth
0: that's amazing all right now how about you arian okay um when does this love for you uh, start uh, blossoming because again all of you guys are og gamers by default but for you what were what was your favorite games
3: um I grew up with my brother, like an elder brother, of like fifteen years. I think that would explain a lot as to why I'm in gaming. Okay. Um, I was his guinea pig to almost like every <laughs> game that hit the shelf. Okay. Um, I played a lot of Magic when I was in grade school. Yeah. Wow. Um he would yeah, he would uh play test deck decks with me. He would actually force me to like play test it for hours. I would play wow. um four hours of magic every day o- almost to play test his decks.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And from there, because uh we only had like one PC and he uses it for college, whatever games he plays there, I play. Um mm-hmm. until there were more PC banks around the area. I started to play a lot of RPGs. I was mm-hmm. Uh, I was part of the Ragnarok online generation. Um, that was actually uh, probably why I have a lot, I, I, why I have social skills now. Like I attribute it to that. Wow. Yeah, because, <laughs> because otherwise there's no other gamers in my school. I went to a Filipino Chinese school, they were boring. Yeah. So
0: they never
3: they I didn't have um much friends that share that gaming interest. And uh. I met I, I had more friends like online at at some point and mm-hmm. um towards towards college when uh, uh esports like started to really uh, go big uh, with League of Legends, TI, um TNC, especially here in the Philippines, right? Um right. esports just became the the big thing in like in our in our circle and i've never heard it before i've never i i don't have a favorite player don't have a favorite team i felt so op sometimes Mm. until um in my senior year i decided to make a league of legends tournament for my uh for my circle of friends i actually did like everything and i've never i've never gone to a tournament before i just Mm. you know put myself in my in in a player's shoes and know what i want Mm. and there were some pro players there. I didn't know my school had pro players, and they joined it. And they told me it was the most organized tournament they've ever gone gone to, and I, I, wow. that felt good.
0: That's uh, where the magic uh, so... exposure comes in.
3: <laughs> yeah, perhaps actually. <laughs> oh, oh. I never never thought of it that way. Yeah, so because of that tournament, that's how I landed a job in the Philippines, and wow. that's how I met. These two. Yeah, that's how I met these two. Um, yeah. Then the rest is
0: history. <laughs> okay, but let's let's just delve into history a little bit more, a little bit. Because um, I want to understand. So, we've established your love for gaming, but again, a lot of this thing that you're you're going through, you have to have a little bit of hint of tech and entrepreneurship in here. And again, you don't just co- come into this and come up with a with a with a startup that that you know solidifies both without being exposed in tech as well. But I want to understand now how you all built your careers. Uh, to, around this and I'll go back to Kevin at this one um, again you you've mentioned you worked in Microsoft before but lead us uh, or walk us through um, how you all built your career before you uh, started joining the band as a co-CEO in, um, in Akkad Arena
4: actually perfect so right where I went I watched the League of Legends tournament and I went full send into esports I uh, did, that's when it all started uh, for me uh, eight years ago I found I I Ended up creating the, I created a gaming club at the University of Washington uh, that kind of brought together all the different gaming clubs. we like, we had like, like fifteen different clubs at the University of Washington that had video game related stuff, but we're all like asking for different resources at different times, and it was just kind of like inefficient. Uh, so I kind of brought mm. all the club presidents together, and I was able to allo- allocate more resources for gaming overall, and I wanted mm. to put make UW a place that celebrated and, uh, created a place for gamers, uh, all across campus to find a community and meet each other and do all the nice things. And, um, it was, uh, that's when, uh, I discovered that there was a national network of campus leaders that were running gaming clubs for their schools too. And it was, uh, it was, uh, because of um, Riot Games and Blizzard, both had collegiate esports department at that time. And yep. we found out about it and then we joined their programs and their, and we joined their network of schools. And that's how I got exposed to like this whole community of college student gamers. And, um, and at that time, um, we were seeing... Uh, In 2015, 2016, we were seeing the first ever varsity esports program uh, at at Robert Morris University. And following that,
2: uh,
4: University of California, California, Irvine, the first public university in the world to create a varsity esports program. And at that point, I I needed to bring that to the University of Washington. And I pitched that to the University of Washington in 2016 right after. And um, it was approved. And that's how Justin got his position at the UW two years later when the arena opened and it was right on time when he joined as a freshman. Wow. Um, but before all that, I, I, I built up my gaming club and we had over 10% of the entire student body, uh, part of the gaming club. Uh, it was about, UW was like 50,000 people and we had about like mm-hmm. 5,000, uh, community members that were just so passionate fanatics, organizers, everything in between, uh, that loved gaming at the University of Washington. I was then recruited uh, to help launch Twitch Student, which is the new collegiate arm of Twitch. So I was the global program manager at Twitch for about three and a half, four years. And that's how I ran into these guys uh, when I was taking calls in the for, um, for the Philippines on what is going on in campus gaming. And that's how I met Justin, and Ariane and they were building stuff grassroots back then. And I was at Twitch, and I was nice. like, I really thought what they were doing was unique and different across the world. Um, I mm-hmm. managed over like thirty countries for Twitch, and so uh, what they were doing really uh, stood out to me. So I'm gonna pass the mic over to them. On like that's how we ended up getting connected like four years ago
0: and that's a perfect segue thank you for making my life easier
4: (laughs) 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 to go into Justin
0: and Arian here but walk us through as well again um, Justin already um, said that the end. I think
4: Arian because I met her first and then I got Mm. yeah are you gonna go for it Um, she actually blocked I like ghosted Kevin
0: okay all
1: right all right Yeah,
3: yeah. So um imagine what Kevin was doing in the West. Uh, that's what I was doing like in the Philippines. Wow. But I have but a bit more third world, a bit more traditional, because a lot of schools um are highly uh, is like run by, by a lot of more conservative yes. uh people so the conversation is a lot a lot different um as well. Um uh, but uh, yeah as I as I said uh, earlier, a lot of the Esports um, clubs that um, exist today is because I actually went to each admin um, had the it's almost like an investor pitch. I had to like pitch in each school why it is a good thing. The students were there to like back me up. Um, it was like really a tag team on how to make this happen um, in your in your campus. And because um, uh, in in Garena and for Riot as well, they're the only ones who were really invest. Thing in the collegiate esports space at that time. Like League of Legends was so, it was so big yeah. here. So uh, when I was, uh, I, was ma- I was making a lot of changes when it comes to the collegiate esports program here in the Philippines, seeing how the rest of the Garenas in Southeast Asia were doing it too, um, I chanced upon the, the programs in Twitch, the programs in NA, and what they're, what they're doing there. And I was so envious. Yes. I was so envious to get to do all that. I wanted it here, but there's reasons why it doesn't happen here. Right? The the challenge is always to regionalize it, to localize it. We have other, like, we have different problems. We're an archipelago, for crying out loud. Uh <laughs> um, regionalization in the Philippines is is very important. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, even then, um, I, 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 I needed to hit them up. I mean, it's just um, improbable to meet. People who has made almost the exact same things that you made, just that in different parts of the world, you have to like talk to them. So, I was, I was able to have like a great conversation with uh, with Garvey and Kevin, but uh, because Twitch was uh not so big in the country, <laughs> uh, I was told by my supervisor uh, to kind of not reply. Wow. So, it came from a higher okay. power. I'm there gonna say go. I'm
0: she gonna did say. not go, straight. not intentional, not intentional, not, not intentional.
3: Mm, I did not ghost. I was ordered to not reply. Ordered to ghost. Yeah, and, and and I even kept bugging my supervisor to so at least reply to <laughs> me
0: about it. You know. But now look, look at all you guys. You're co-founders, and you're all cool and shit. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I I I met Justin because of one of the plans I wanted to push was towards regionalization. I wanted the people in those regions to really build it like grassroots. So I licensed the like League of Legends Collegiate League to to Justin for the Visayan region because they're already doing they're already doing great yeah. things. There's absolutely no reason for me to do it by myself remotely in Manila. That doesn't make sense that's at sense. all. And uh I didn't know there were just a bunch of high schoolers. That's crazy. Wow. And that's that's where we met. And okay,
0: now your turn.
3: Awkwardly, Justin New Heaven. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. So after I saw the Smash Brothers documentary in 2014, you know, I told myself I wanted to do something like this. So I started actually running gaming, uh, gaming tournaments in my high school. So I went to like, I went to like a public school here in Iloilo. uh, And like, uh, you know, I I ran it there. But, you know, I kind of saw that the impact I could make or like the community I could make in a small school wasn't that big. And what I wanted to do was you know, I tried to build something else. So I, I tried to build a citywide community of like fighting game players. I did a lot of, I guess for lack of a better term and kind of like a pun to the startup, I did a lot of random hustles in the gaming there you industry. Go. So I actually like, I actually made like a fake, fake, uh, like I, I, I like lied about my age and I started like writing and doing freelance work in the gaming industry across the wow. world. So uh, like around like when I was like 15 or 16, I actually somehow by some chance, uh, became the first Philippine correspondent for, Phil- or for ESPN what? Esports. So ESPN actually had, uh, they, they had a gaming arm in 2016. It died, it, it, they shut it down recently, but they had like an esports arm. So I, because of all my writing and all my freelancing stuff, I was able to land a spot there while I was, I was also doing like small events with like in my hometown. So uh, the funny story there is like, I actually went up to the, I think BIR, BIR is the one that handles, yes. sports, right? <laughs> I went up to the BIR when I was like 16 years old and I asked for a tin. I actually asked for a, like, I went, I, I lined up for like two hours or three hours there and I said like, Hey sir, can you give me a tin? And they were like, like, why, why are you asking for a <laughs> But yeah, so, so that, so I, I my boss my bosses at ESPN, like, you know, they let me, they gave me a lot of opportunities. I was able to fly across the world, fly across the Philippines to cover different events and one of the beats they assigned me to, since they were like, Justin, you're the kid here, so you should cover this thing called collegiate esports. So they they actually like assigned me as like the general writer for collegiate esports. And it was at that time when I actually met Kevin's boss, Garvey, when he at, at Twitch. Like like he, I had to interview him for like an article I was writing. And you know like like he, like in general, like I was seeing all these cool things that people were doing for student gaming in the US. And I told myself like maybe we should try to run that here in Iloilo. So I actually didn't know that like Arian was like running something in Manila because like Iloilo and like uh, so we so we actually asked Kevin and you know like like that event actually kind of like became like our first big event with me and my friends in high school. So in in a sense you could actually say that Acadernas roots are somewhat tied to a high school gaming club. So that's kind of funny. But uh, we so we ran it and then Kevin uh, Kevin's boss sponsored us and then he actually and then. Kevin's boss actually told me and in, in retrospect, maybe it was because they wanted to nudge Arian too. They wanted, they told me like, hey, there's actually people in Manila and Karina who are building this. You Maybe you should get, you should hit them up. Mm. So I actually hit oh, up Arian Ar- <laughs> and then Arian was like, oh, you guys are doing something cool. Oh, and no. she didn't know I was in high school. But what happened, and this one's, this one's like maybe going off tangent, but it's a funny story. So I didn't have the money to go to Manila back then because obviously I was a high school student, right? So what happened was that I signed up for a summer camp in Ateneo because my school, uh, my school, uh, like they said, actually sponsors people to go to like different summer camps uh, in different places just for training and stuff, right? So I went to Manila. They they sponsored the trip, sponsored the housing. Then I didn't attend the summer camp so I could meet Ariane.
4: Wow. Hi, it's
3: just... Just for transparency, I didn't know he did that. At, I'm just
1: saying. And like, then, do no, not condone that. Know, no, no, it's sort a funny thing, like like maybe an off tangent, but a very funny thing is that the instructor for that summer camp, like the head instructor, was my
3: underclassman
1: what? who is now our senior. Are you engineer. kidding me? It's,
3: yeah. yeah so, so, like, so,
1: so 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 the guy the guy that I ditched like like he did I see, he did like like guy like he said like okay class we're gonna have a break for two hours or like a a, a lunch break like please come back in like thirty mm-hmm. minutes. And I never came back for summer camp. And then that guy was Aryan's friend, but she didn't know it was him. But then we were like recollecting stories recently. And our senior engineer was like, you know, I remember there's that guy who left summer camp randomly. <laughs> and then, so it, so the guy that, who's like running our software side right now is a guy who I ditched summer camp wow. from. He was the instructor of that summer camp. And he was Aryan's friend. But yeah, like me and Aryan met up in Manila after I ditched summer camp. And then we started collaborating on different things to kind of grow the collegiate scene here in the Philippines. And you know, like at a certain point, Kevin, uh, you know, like like it, it all goes back full circle. Kevin told me that the University of Washington was running a, was building up a gaming program. And I was able to like interview for the role kind of like uh, ad hoc. And that was actually how I was able to afford to go to the United States because of that work study position at University of Washington. So in a sense, like Kevin like uh, sniped me to go from the Philippines. I was already, I was actually already committed to going to Ateneo, but then Kevin like told me last minute, like, hey, you should go to the UW. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's nice. move. So I moved to the US, <laughs> learned a lot there. Wow. Uh, learned, learned a lot there. And yeah, like like it now heads into the... I don't know if you want to segue this into another question, but like this all ties together into how Acad Arena started. That's actually.
0: exactly what I want to do, but let's do that when we do, uh, after okay. we do our first break, because we have to pay some sponsors as well <laughs> for this episode. Yeah. But when we come back, let's talk about how you guys did Acad Arena and how you all again went full circle. It it, it uh, again. Just real talk before we uh, we take that break. Uh, that break is that. This sounds like it was meant to be. I don't believe in fairy tales, or you know, uh, or maybe this was we're really in a simulation. <laughs> but that sim sounds like you're really gonna end up meeting each other because you're literally doing everything in parallel, just on the other side.
1: A little bit of a spoil- little bit of a spoiler for later before you go to the break, but I will say like if, if you if you're saying that it it's meant to be, I will tell you before the break that we met our first sponsor slash funder in a bathroom. What? <laughs> okay,
2: okay. <laughs> now, that's, our, that,
0: that's our cliffhanger <laughs> yeah. later. Uh, but again, let's talk about how you get you got your first sponsor and and all of that and how you built Cat Arena. We'll talk about that more after the break.
2: Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
0: Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. And we're back from the break. We are still with the guys from Acad Arena who then told us their love for gaming and how they all started out in, again, uh, their careers as well. So th- this, th- they're, they're not just gamers, but they're also hustlers as well, especially Justin, who also hustled and, again, lied about his age <laughs> <laughs> to be a good beat writer and also meet up with his uh, predecessors who are, again, who, who are technically now professionals in their own right. But I want to understand now how did a CAD arena start out because again I don't quite remember when I first heard of you but I do remember hearing about you guys somewhere I think last year don't remember so I apologize for not remembering where it was I encounter a bazillion startups because of, of, of this but how did this start out?
1: okay so it was the summer of 2018 It was the summer oh, sorry it's the, it's the summer of 2018. Okay, okay, so for co- for context, I've always wanted to have my own hustle share episode. I've listened to every oh, wow. episode. Like, so so I, I have been preparing this question right. since since the since like the last, like like the last like episode 20, episode 25 oh, wow. of Hustle Share. So this is this is a pre-reverse okay, go. question. This is your chance. Go. It was Kill the em. summer. Mm. <laughs> okay, it, it was the summer of 2018. Garena Philippines had news that it was about to shut down oh. because they wanted to centralize operations in okay. Singapore. By that time, Arian was already working in another company. She was working at, that was Huya, right? I, I don't know. Insert Chinese company. In, insert, insert random Chinese company that <laughs> was paying Aryan a lot of money. Insert random Chinese company. Let, let's just look at that there. But uh, shout, out, shout outs to all the awesome baby it. companies out there. Yeah. But basically, uh, the, the, the collegiate program at Gurina was winding down. Gurina Philippines itself was, clo- was like close to shuttering down for uh, centralization purposes. But they had one last major like Big Bang event called Globe Conquerors Manila 2018. Uh, Around the same time, Arian and I were like kind of like talking that like, you know, Justin, you're moving to the U.S. I have a new job. How can we still keep the collegiate or campus gaming community alive here in the Philippines? So we were thinking about it. We had like a couple of brainstorms. We had a couple of good ideas, a couple of bad ideas, a couple of names that will never be ever referenced again for copyright purposes. But what happened is that, uh, you know, like I saw the guy who was the Leading Globe, like Globe Telecom's gaming division, at this event called Globe Conquers Manila. I was actually flown out there by ESPN to you know cover the event. So from like it was like my last event in Mm -hmm. the Philippines before I left for the US for college. And I saw the guy just like walking, walking like right outside the bathroom, walking right outside the bathroom, like the guy who was like the head of games at Globe, so the director of games, uh, Mr. J. And I told myself, like, fuck it. That's <laughs> so I walked up to him. I told him, like, hey, I have an idea. All right.
0: Did he at least wash his hands? Was like, we, I should have taken, made, made sure that he... Let,
1: let, let, let's let's assume a cultured man like him does it. All right, all right? Like, like who doesn't? Who doesn't? All right, let's assume. We like to believe the best uh-huh. people, all right? So, so what happened is that I walked up to him, and I told him, like, hey, I'm Justin. Uh, uh I'm currently, like, a freelancer for ESPN, but I have this, like, cool idea about, like, gaming uh, about a startup that builds gaming uh, gaming uh, gaming programs in colleges across the philippines you know we have a little bit of traction already from like our time as like a pseudo ragtag gig and he said like obviously he was like probably weirded out by some <laughs> random kid who was five two, five three, walking up to him with a camera because i was a ph- photographer at the event so i was like like i just like, walked up to him i just Wait, said like in like the bathroom with a camera it wasn't the bathroom, it was just the entrance of the Still bathroom creepy. Right? It okay. the doesn't the matter so if anyone's ever been to <laughs> If anyone's been to if ever, if anyone's ever been to Moa Arena, it's like that's like yung bathroom sa tabi ng Starbucks. Right. Yeah, so it's, yes, it's like yes, it's like, yes. like that one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, right what happened that I walked up to him and he said like, "Oh, that's an interesting idea." You know, like can you, like like hit me an email at like this email and then like let's meet. And then, you know, I I, I fully thought at that point he was going to ghost me. I fully thought. I fully yeah. thought he was going to ghost me, but he actually sent me like he told me like he was interested and Arian and I actually came up with a deck in like 20 like I just like randomly PM'd Arian while she was uh, like working. Like Ariane, like we have an in-it globe. so we made a deck and then like like a random deck. And then I scheduled a meeting with this guy like a- the week after. The problem was that I was in back in Iloilo, Ilo, prep, like go, uh, prepping back for college. So I, I squ- like I saved, I used all the money I had saved up for my freelance gigs to fly back to Manila the next week to meet him at this uh, weird baby back rib restaurant in BGC. Right? It was uh, it was it was good baby back ribs, though. It just looked really okay. shady. Was, so I, I so imagine we were eating ribs, so they're like, uh, like eating ribs, but I was also like on my laptop showing slides. <laughs> that would have
0: been messy. Right? Have...
1: It was messy. All right. I was just, <laughs> just like, like leave it to your imagination because this is an audio experience. All right. And uh, oh, he told me he was actually interested in running it because Globe actually had a couple of initiatives to put like to just cater to the younger market. So Aryan and I, uh, even though like I was juggling school and she had a full-time job, we spent the entirety of 2019 on a bootstrap budget, oh. building the first version of Ekaterina, which was basically two long tournaments, one in the first half of the year and one in the second half of the year, leading up to a massive event. Uh, one of the events being in Iloilo and the other event in which we converted the entirety of the FEU Institute of Technology into a convention center. Wow. So for the first part, Ekaterina was really just us as a you know side hustle for us. It was really right. just a passion project that we worked on on weekends or worked on at late nights that we didn't take any money out of every single cent that we had from our events and our programs went all the way towards uh, all our projects at like the first version of Ekaterina, which is really just like a, a basically a, 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 a non-profit gig for us at that nice. point. And enter 2020, Ariane, you can talk about right. 2020.
3: 2020, oh. Yeah, yeah. Because like yeah. the first
1: year of Ekaterina was me and Ariane and a couple of our friends, right of us just, like, trying to, like, build stuff, like, build tournaments and right. build events. And then 2020 changed everything. Right.
0: Pandemic.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh,
3: it was... 2019 was tiring. Dang. Because <laughs> uh, um, aside from me juggling a full-time job, Justin and I would be three, peop- like, three different roles at once because it still needed to run from, like, marketing, content, stream... Ah, uh, player ops, et cetera. and with a bootstrap budget, we had to be so like the, the entire team all at once. It was definitely tiring. And come twenty twenty, ah, because of the pandemic, we had to suddenly change our entire business model and ops. We had to be agile enough to go digital because everything shut down. All uh, events gone, tours gone, the plans—it's just gone. Conventions gone. Yeah, because
1: for context, all of our events were in person.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Got it. And but I want to ask uh, real quick on 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 that note before the pandemic hit, I, I want to deep uh, dig deeper on that one. So again, every everything was in person, right? Um, it's again very community driven. But I want to understand the scale, and for you guys to actually uh, uh, afford to keep doing this repetitively, there had to be profit made. Though again, you were not. Uh, profiting for it. It's really you reinvesting in the community to keep uh, doing this better and better. But I want to understand how big were the events like and what were those things you were doing during these uh, first few events that you're doing in 2018,
3: 2019? The quality and the scale definitely did not dip compared to how I did it when I was running collegiate for Garena. It didn't. Um, it's, it's the same treatment. It's the same heart we were paid less uh, because it was a bootstrap budget, but we we didn't want, we want the community to have the same experience because they were left alone for a while when Garena shut down and we wanted to pick that up. We did so much work and suddenly all these clubs, uh, like I started, like we, we started in different parts of the Philippines, they're just lost. Uh, so we definitely had to do it. Yeah.
1: yeah, so some of our events, just for context, I guess, and just for numbers, for scaling, like our uh, you know our our biggest event in Manila Nexus, in which we again like we converted. So imagine a school like uh, I don't I'm not sure if you've been to FEUIT like uh, you know like FEU Institute of Technology. We converted like a big part yeah, the, of their this school, tall like... building. Yeah, yeah, the tall building, the yeah. uh, draconian tower. Uh, we converted that air, that place into an actual like, convention <laughs> center. So we actually had like you know like all those things you see in like gaming conventions, like the game demo booths, the LED walls, the you know, all, all the neon stuff. Like basically everything you see in a major gaming convention, we brought that to a school and thousands of people attended. We did the same in Iloilo for our event called Conquest. We, we were actually able to bring in like 10,000, 12,000 people in, in Iloilo, which people considered basically impossible because Iloilo is the province, you know? Some people still ask us like, uh meron bang meron bang electricity ba or meron bang wifi you know people still think that like and we were able to bring that many like thousands of people and that just showed the power of the collegiate and youth gaming community here in the Philippines and you know like even though you know even though we weren't working with a big company budget anymore because like we weren't working with Garina Resources anymore we still give it the same level of quality and turned it into like people were actually thinking that we were a real company at the time that's why Aryan and I were actually joking like wow. maybe we actually do turn this into a real company. Yeah. And uh, you know like obviously shout outs to Globe for supporting all of these plans. Like those guys are the best. Uh, and I guess I guess like for context that it even came to a point that Aryan and I were running our numbers. We were actually a profitable business at that point. Even while we were doing so much with so little, wow. we were actually generating a decent amount of, of profit just because of the way we ran things. And just because like, you know, we were running such big programs that people were willing to spend on tickets, they were willing to spend on stuff. And heading into 2020, we thought maybe we could scale this up, but you know, we weren't still all in on it. Then the pandemic happened.
0: Okay, now let's talk about the pandemic and everything you had to do with digital.
3: Oh, okay. So, and yeah, in twenty twenty, we had to be agile because um, it was our time to uh, to pick up on our momentum to uh, really show what we're made of by uh, by just importing all our experience into the digital space. That's actually the start of how we slowly transitioned into into a to a tech company because we now had to think of the user experience the the student life and campus community culture how will it look like online because it's the new norm mm-hmm. even for schools like people are taking so much time to reimagine it and we had to get there first by that right. time there were other companies that were mm-hmm trying to do what we what we did and they had like more re- resources. So at that point it was really it was really war. We had we had to do we had to do good. So I came up with an ecosystem. Yeah. Like because a lot of the ecosystems we have we had now started there. Like all of the permanent stuff that we uh that's now in our platform right now, like it it started because of the pandemic. Um, and that's where I started to reach out to the clubs again. I told them that well, well, we're back. Um, I know um, the edu- uh, your your campuses are are hard shot, and out of everything, um, it's the student life budget that gets caught in these universities because of the because of the new norm, and that means these guys har- absolutely yeah they hardly have an experience, they hardly have a collegiate life now. But we're here, we're here online, we're here right. with you. Let's make something happen together. And uh, that's how we're able to scale now. We just did we just did that rinse and repeat. Um, now we ha- we're able to connect into like 500 colleges, something that we wouldn't have been able to do that this fast wow. if, it, if the pandemic didn't hit, to be honest.
0: Got it. Now, Kevin, I'll I also ask you again. I, I, you came in again pretty soon right after this. What, what was the platform like? Because again, it, it's hard to replicate the same community effect that you know you get out of you know having uh, th- that same camaraderie in a pre-pandemic live event, and turn it into a product. Eventually, what was that product like, and how did it? Uh, how did you get all these people to to, to jump forward very fast? Uh,
1: I, I guess uh, so. I guess for context, uh, Kevin actually came in later. Like he's a, he's a so he joined as a co he joined us as a co-founder in April 2021 of this year. So he so he quit his full-time job at Twitch in April. Wow. Her-
0: you left Twitch for Acadarina. You must have done really some 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 right. What was the pitch even? What do <laughs> you live? a million? Yeah, go go. Sorry, go ahead.
1: So uh I guess I was the guy like building the technical platform of our like building the heart of everything. And in 2020. 2020- all we really wanted to figure out was that how can we make student life fun even in this pandemic because as a student myself and I was I was like I, I was like living I would say like like you know they, they, they tell you that bullshit you know the best years of your life uh in college in the U.S. right like I was living quote-unquote that life in the U.S. and okay. suddenly I was like shut like shunted back home to, to do in my classes at 2 a.m. living Online and a lot of students, not just like international like me, but every student across the world can relate. Like a lot of students, were living good lives, and suddenly their entire life is now dedicated to a like the pixels at that point. So Aryan and I were just like thinking of you know not just in our platform as a tech platform, because at the end of the day, tech, uh, technology is just a tool to achieve an experience. Aryan and I were thinking, how can we translate uh, a digital experience? So. For example, for the student clubs and events side, Aryan actually created a framework called eTrams, like electronic eTrams, in which we actually Uh taught students how to run effective online events. And we actually supported them with cash pricing from our sponsors. So that actually led to a new business model for us as well, in which we actually served as the middle ground for brands to connect with schools. Because especially in this pandemic, it was really hard for for brands to do in-person activations in schools, they couldn't do those school tours anymore. So, what better oh. way to reach these students through a Katarina? So that like these are like small snippets of what was happening. And over time, you know, like uh, we actually and I made a call that even though it was pretty expensive, we started actually building out our tech platform. So at first it was me and a Coder, and then we just like chipped away at it for a long time, slowly building everything in-house. And then mm. come April. So, 2020 was like a landmark year for us. We were, we scaled to over 300 schools, something that never would have happened with the pandemic. We were hitting record numbers. We were pretty profitable. And that was enough for Aryan to quit her full time job. And heading into 2021, I also quit my full time job. So, I was actually working, I was actually working full time uh, over the pandemic at this company called Pipeline. It was like a streaming, uh, like a a, a streaming education company. So, I got that job during the pandemic while I was here in the Philippines. And I quit that uh, heading into 2021. You know, like, we Arian and I told ourselves, like, if we wanted to take this to the next level, if we wanted to scale internationally, we couldn't do it alone. And one of the people who was supporting us for this longest time, and someone who we knew had an experience building all these cool things, and obviously someone who was like a personally uh, mentor to me because he did bring me to the U.S., was Kevin. So, you know, in March, we actually came, uh, I actually came to him with like, like a pitch after talking with Arian, that, hey, Kevin, why not it you $150,000 a year to make nothing in the Philippines?
2: Wow. <laughs> And That's then
1: Kevin, like, Kevin was like, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, like, like we, like, you know, like over time, like Kevin, like slowly, like, uh, like we, we kept the like, talking to Kevin about it. We kept like talking him into it. It took a couple of like months. Like it actually started this conversation in like January of 2021, but mm-hmm. then like, in April, Kevin said like, all right, let's do this. And then Kevin, I'll pass it on to you. To like, to right. like qu- qu- quit. Like, what is the dream job to, to build something in here in South Asia with
0: us? Absolutely. You're you that's a unicorn that you're already in, right? Uh, they're, they're built by the cybels and the cons who 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 built Twitch and again who's also supporting uh gamers around the world. But what was the compelling opportunity that uh that that led you to take that leap, Kevin?
4: Yeah, um, I guess like one of my um, I guess I was like my knowing myself more as, as I get older, uh, I'm definitely like an adventurer. Um, I like taking like these leap of faith calls and like, it usually works out for me. Uh, if not, like I just, uh, and I, I just felt like one, I wanted to work in Southeast Asia. Like I, I wanted to spend my next 10 years of my career building, uh, gaming and esports in Southeast Asia. Uh, cause I, when I was during those events, I was actually at, um, the, their finals, their championships in the Philippines. And, Oh, i got wow. to check it out i got to see it i got to you know um spend time there and um i just thought that uh, ariana and justin just had so much grit uh like like stuff is like yes. you, you either have it or you don't and i just felt like these two can like do whatever it takes to make it work and you know and i and i don't think like based off their, their stories they just share like i don't think i need to like um justify that or you know that anymore right and i think that kind of really convinced me and then um i was uh the the decision came uh when i was like work uh when i was already at twitch for like three and a half years and i wanted a different chapter and um at that point i even had a house um i had a house i I, I ended up selling it in july and then uh just kind of when we got into iterative um as well and um at the same time i my, uh, my, uh, girlfriend is, uh, also got deported, uh, from the United States and lost and she was in the Philippines. Um, and that's, I actually met her at okay. the event as well, uh, which is curious, uh, wow. that it all worked out. Um, but anyway, fast forward, like mm-hmm. we got into iterative and, um, I think that's when we all kind of looked at each other and was like, Hey, let's just take this more seriously and see like, Hey, what it's like to go through an accelerator. Like, but I guess like we went through that, but I, I just kind of like was um yeah i just kind of always made decisions like based on a gut feeling and an instinct and um it worked for me And i when i got into esports at that time and all in on it um and then got me the my position at twitch where i was able to like build campus gaming for like 30 different countries and i just thought that these two just had mm-hmm. the most grit out of they were probably the most under-resourced group of people i ever met uh but we but back then right. in collegiate esports days like we were the under-resource is like a rite of passage. <laughs> um, like, right. Uh, what you can do with nothing. And I think that's the reason why I joined.
0: And that's also the the, the building blocks of all the successful startups here, uh, regardless of the Philippines or wherever. They all start from nothing. And then the only thing that they really have is passion and grit at the start, right? But before we take our last break, I want to understand, because again, um, we've had so many uh probably a, a, a couple of handful of startups here um, that have gone through the YC route but again for for those people who don't know iterative right it's basically very similar to iterative can you guys just define especially Kevin uh, I'd pass this back to you again um what what's the iterative process and what what' what's it like and uh, what is iterative even um for, for starters for those people who are listening to this and like what is it? What is yeah, that?
4: Yeah. So iterative is an accelerator that basically, uh, two investors that, uh, named Brian, Brian Sukin can uh, both actually university, of Washington alumni, uh, yep. but their mission is to help, uh, Southeast Asian founders. Um, they felt like Southeast Asian founders were very capable, um, but they just lacked a lot of resources. Like what? let's say YC had where like YC helps incubate and accelerate startups from zero to one and mm. give them a lot of education, on how to build their startup. And they wanted to kind of bring that education right. to Southeast Asia and like provide more resources for founders. And that's kind of how, uh, and Justin was the one that applied on a whim as well um, to, to, to get us in. And then we were accepted and um, we got our first pre-seed money uh, from iterative back in July. And then it was like a three process, wow. um, to get your product to, it was like 12, 12, 16 weeks or something. And at that point, like it was, yeah, we had to launch our platform and the, the users. They had to like, we were getting yelled at by, we were really like yelled at to hit our metrics. It was very like, well, like it, it wasn't <laughs> a joke, uh, for sure. It was like, we also got to meet other founders in the network and we also got to meet people that sold other companies. So it was very cool to see how people build businesses in Southeast Asia. Um, and then Brian and Suken were uh, just there with us every step of the way. Uh, when we were at our lows, when we had our highs, when we didn't hit our metric, we were like kind of nervous going into these meetings with them. And it was just like really interesting to see how they built their startup. I mean, Brian is about to like IPO his company, at, uh, at Divi Homes. And so like, we're just learning from really, really yeah. like awesome people that just wanted to help founders. And that's how we got into Hustle Fund. That's how we got um, reconnected with Kevin Lin, the co-founder of Twitch. And so a lot of that, organic stuff really happened when we got into iterative and it felt like finally we got to like you know feel a sense of like whoa like we we are we feel supported we have like a community of other founders we have you know you know we could ask Mm. like dumb questions we can talk about our mental health like it was really it was really cool uh and definitely the the thing that changed everything for us
1: i guess like it kind of goes back like what you were saying kind of like about faith that. It kind of like fate would kind of have it that the first people who would actually invest in Ekaterina because we actually went through like dozens of rejections from Filipino investors until we got into iterative. Like fate would just have it that the people who would invest in us and would like help us help take us to where we are today were actually like people who graduated from our school from the same departments that we went to, who ate at the same places we had. Like it's it just kind of like like you know like like Kevin uh, Kevin. Kevin, Brian and I like had some ramen in Seattle like a couple of months ago. So he visited like Seattle, like Brian visited Seattle when I went back there and we had some ramen and Brian Mm -hmm. was just saying like, it's kind of crazy that that, like, you know, like the first, like one of the first startups that they would invest in, in the Philippines also comes from like people that graduated from the same school as them who went through very similar experiences from them. And, you know, kind of, it's just kind of funny that a lot of the Katarina like journey has been about faith and about like, you know, meeting people who also went through the same things as you.
0: Absolutely. and again, that that's also valid in a lot of startup journeys as well. It's people that you actually um, connect with that also uh, again have walked the same path right and 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 there's so many uh, instances where you know, um say, an older person that has walked the same path would would most likely be the one to lend a hand or two uh, to really pull the next ones in. But before we take our last break, I want to go back to Kevin real quick because in Y c, it, it's not just all about, it's, it's not a happy camp or it's not a summer camp where you're all just going to be ha- happy and dandy. It's a freaking, uh, it's, it's, you have to fucking kill it there. And again, uh, Wifey is also f- famous for that growth trajectory week on week. I want to understand in iterative, what's the mandate like? And again, if you're nervous, I just wanted to understand what are they uh, asking you to do from zero to whatever that those metrics were they were trying to use, uh, get you to hit, how intense was it? What was the growth like? Uh, what were the targets like?
4: Yeah, so um, we had to grow 7% a week. Um, week on week? Week week for like 12. months. Wow we had to play catch up because we didn't we didn't launch our website until like a month after we got in. And they were like, When are you guys launching? When are you guys launching? When are you guys launching? So we had to make like it was like 11 10, 12% a week to like make up our numbers. And i was like we had to, wow. we had to 35, sign signups by the end of the by the end of the iterative cycle. And we had mm-hmm. about, yeah, and we hit those metrics. And um yeah, just because of that, you know, max against the wall, and we like figured it out but it was just not it was just like our first time ever doing something like that um so yeah so seven to twelve percent a week we were late so we had to go 10 uh, to 12 percent a week yeah. so
0: <laughs> that's fucking intense but all right now uh, let's take our last break and then we come back i want to understand how did you even get the 10 percent week on week right uh to consistently... here's, a, here's a
1: oh uh just I, I guess like a little bit of cliffhanger again just to like, like kind of go on the same beat
0: <laughs> i love so how you're so the one doing it was
1: this. okay so it was the it, w- it was august of 2022 or uh, 2021 it was august oh, of wow. 2021 mm-hmm. august of 2021 arian kevin and i were just got off a meeting where we were kind of yelled at by sukin they were like like you guys said you would do seven percent or eight percent week on week you guys just launched your platform last week and you're currently at two thousand signups the accelerator ends in one or two months. It was like one 1.5 months. And you're only at 2,000 signups out of the 36,000, 36,000 uh, target si- uh, signups for your website. How are you guys going to get there? And then Aryan, Kevin, and I said, can we lower the targets? And then they said, no, because you committed to them. And they were right. So what happened is that, and this is going to head into the next section uh, after, after the break, is that Ariane, Kevin, <laughs> and I huddled and made a... Interesting play when it comes to scholarships, which Aryan and Kevin led, which I'll let them talk to about after the break. But that kind of like h- helped us, for lack of a better term, go to the moon.
0: If I ever die in the next coming years, I already know who's going to inherit this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding, right? But again, who understands how to give it and who knows how to cliff cliffhanger your uh, users? Exactly. So again, I already know who the inheritor would be. Okay, well, let us talk about that more after the break. has to be covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax-paying stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eth, payroll-starter-monthly-5k, or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly really matters. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the UNO mobile app, you can access a hashtag UNO ready savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With hashtag UNO earn or hashtag UNO boost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UNO earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UNO boost. That our good friend, Justin, who's also an avid listener, just like you, who are listening to you know, Hustle Share. So if you're ever thinking, if, if will one day, will I ever get to Hustle Share? You just got to hustle just like these guys did. Because again, um, one thing that we're about to tell us is that when you do projections, you don't just um, pluck that out of thin air. That's basically the metric or the standard you're setting of how ambitious your startup wants to be. And if you say that, yeah, hey, but can I lower my projection? You're basically telling yourself and your team and the investors that are are willing to back you that you're not the team who can execute it. So again, before the break, Justin said that you had a target of how much again?
1: Thirty-six thousand.
0: Uh, Thirty-six, and you were how 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 far along were you uh, when 10, you 000. had the two thousand? How much time did you guys have left?
1: One point five months.
0: Six weeks. Yeah. What did you do to go from 2000 to 36,000 in six weeks, Aryan?
3: Uh, well, you, um, for context, you have to understand that a lot of what we do is centered around specific marketing campaigns and very specific events. Okay. So the numbers ha- will come in bursts when we do tournaments when we release the re- release content like w- whichever it is so it's going to be very different the the treatment is very different compared to other websites that needs a like, constant traffic because of utility mm-hmm. um so we haven't launched our our bigger product which is the scholarships product is more it's not the crypto scholarships it's just traditional scholarships because we were able to uh, uh, secure a, uh, a scholarship fund, a national game scholarship fund from GLOBE who really wow. just wants to uh, uh, grant any student gamer who may be an excellent player who's also excellent at school or just a student leader who's excellent at like, um like what they do in, in, our, in our clubs. And uh, Kevin, I'll pass it to Kevin. Kevin had this idea to just increase the, the application cycles. And that was what we were going to launch. Uh, Kevin, um, you had like a lot of models on how you guys did it in NA and that's what we ported to the Philippines, right?
4: Yep. Yeah. So um, one of the things I liked about um, one of the campaigns I ran at Twitch was like running 24-7 scholarship. I wanted no dead stop. I don't. I don't want any downtime when it comes to Katarina. I feel like we were very event based and we're kind of like very heavy club focus, where we didn't Mm. really cater to individual students as much. And I wanted to create something that anyone from any realm could apply and and potentially win a scholarship, highlighting their gaming journey. Um. So it was very simple, and so it was just paid. It was a way for brands to pay for scholarships and pay it forward. And then we just launched the scholarship and we generated pretty much like twenty thousand signups within the first like week um and then wow yeah um it was like it was like a testament of like you know we wanted to validate that your passion for gaming is not a waste of time and how cool is it to get like a scholarship for your passion for games that was something that i wanted for any winner or any kid that was just like interested in the scholarship to be able to go home to the parents like hey mom dad I, i applied for a video gaming scholarship you know Uh, sponsored by globe or twitch or whatever right i think that's that's something that you can get a you can get across any dinner conversation it's really hard to say that you're going to be the next michael jordan of league of legends right like parents probably say no you won't like maybe maybe if you're like noticeably good but like most of the time like it was just something that is hard to uh get across get across the room and validate those things um which then segue into where we. I, I was also not a big fan of our current business model. Uh, that's kind of what got me like not excited was mm-hmm. we were very dependent on sponsorship revenue as most uh, gaming companies are. Um, and yeah. I think what that, what that means is like, it's very hard to monetize if you're building community-based uh, startups. And I think yeah. what, uh, and then going to brands every cycle to like renew your deal or to, like add more deliverables and those mm-hmm. things that like, don't really serve your mission uh, as quickly in terms of like a, like in terms of impacting millions like I want to impact millions of students I want to help millions of students and build stuff I wish I had in school that's all I did I did that for like eight years and so right outside of Twitch like we you know in it was very sponsorship heavy then when I first read about the Gabby's Yield Guild Games uh, about guilds and I G G there you go yeah so it was that's when like um we I was like. I was just convinced like after I saw the guild model and how it works I was like wait this is like the perfect part-time job for every student because everyone wants to play video games to earn and make friends at the same time and I was like probably do it really well um, given our community given that our community of gamers are some of the most like top gamers in the Philippines to like the most advocate loyal like fans of games and they're super passionate I was just like this is like a perfect way to provide more income for um students clubs and, and for us like we, we can then focus on building just straight for our mission and so I down, justin and Ari. i was like hey guys we need to do it was like two weeks before the iterative was done and and we're okay. pitching we're getting ready to pitch our seed round um right we're we're just getting ready to pitch our seed round and like we added this play to earn thing like two weeks before and it was just it was really funny when we were like pitching it to sukin and brian it was just like 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 we spent a lot of time trying to convince people mm-hmm. that erm was a thing and stuff but then we found out that we just were just easier going to like crypto investors they they, they get it they understand um and we were able to like um, and when I first brought it up to Justin and Ariane, it was definitely met with a lot of hesitation as well. Um, and I was like, guys, absolutely <laughs> need to do this. And um, and then after like a week, they're like, wait, yes, let's do it. And like they backed my decision to kind of pivot the company uh, uh, to be crypto. Uh, to be crypto forward. And I was also like a big, I also say this as well. Like we're very cautiously optimistic about crypto um, and about play to earn. Like I, I know that this is the edge of the internet. This is the most brand new thing that ever exists in the history of technology. So like, probably this is the most coolest thing as, as, as well growing up. Like this is something I wish I had in school. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, two weeks in uh, before the iterative cycle was over, we're able to close our, our seed round of like the $3.5 million uh within the first wow. um, because we kind before of, Before the demo even happened, by the way. Yeah. The demo, and they were just like, damn, like this is, it was crazy. And so, um, yeah. And, and and this was during the time when Kevin Lin was also working on his own crypto game, uh Dustbreakers. And everyone was kind of like really, really excited. And it just made it, these conversation a lot easier. And then we just kind of like, and I think when you're building, and then what I really learned about crypto was like it's very community led and community driven, and it was yes. something that we're thinking for a long time. I think we were mm-hmm. kind of like back then we were just working for mouse pads and like keyboards and like we're <laughs> brands, and it was just hard to like share ownership of the communities that we care about. And with this, like we're just excited to be able to reward our our community with you know things that can help them for a long time. And I think that's but we're also very cautiously optimistic about this and um we want to make sure that we we're fully responsible what onboarding students into web3 looks like from a from zero to one and that's kind of like just to set the stage of like we closed around uh like and then yeah and then now it's like you know how do we expand across southeast asia
1: and the crazy thing is that i, w- I would say like like we, we kind of meme about this but like you know a lot of what made the category you know, into what it- is today is like lots of micro decisions that happen at the spur of the moment you know it's like mm. arian deciding suddenly to quit her full-time job when she was like ma- like making big bucks there it was mm. uh it was me approaching that dude in the bathroom outside the bathroom outside the bathroom outside about like 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 feel free to do it outside the bathroom <laughs> I'll t- the bathroom, I'll the bathroom. So me me approaching, you know, Kevin, Kevin, Le- Kevin suddenly seeing the YGG model and thinking, hey, why don't we just adopt this for students? Or like okay. us randomly at 12 midnight deciding we should apply to this iterative thing. You know, it's just kind of like, like we kind of laugh about it in that how the fuck did we get here? You know, you know how the fuck did we get here? You know, there's like times <laughs> that Kevin and I like tell Aryan that like there are certain basic human functions that we can't even do. Where there's some like, like Kevin and I were at New York recently to just like, you know, meet people or at NFT NYC. And there was a time when we actually got stuck in like the bars of the subway because we didn't know how to commute. And like, how the fuck did people who, how the fuck would people who can't even commute raise $3.5 million? I think yeah. there has to be some fate there.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I actually want to find out because $3.5 million is virtually unheard of for, for, uh, for SEED, especially for Southeast Asia. I mean, I've seen similar checks, but $3.5 million as a SEED easily makes you probably in the top 10 biggest raises in this country, especially at sea, right? Um, That's just crazy. But I also recognize that it's not easy at all. Now, Kevin, I'll go back to you a little bit more. How difficult was the, the pitching process, especially that you're just preparing for de- demo day? You literally just had this idea a couple weeks prior, but w- it, and it's going to be hard to defend something that's this new. But again, um, where is it a timing thing also, or but what are what are the typical questions that you guys were thrown at, um, or thrown 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 uh, for, and how did you guys uh, get over that hump?
4: Yeah, um. If you like um, zoom out, um, I think what's been happening over the last uh, twenty years of the internet, with since RuneScape, since Ragnarok, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our digital identity starts is now mattering more to us than ever before. Um, what I mean by that is like our characters in the games that we care about, to our friends online, to Discord, to even podcasts that we listen to, like all this stuff matters more than it even like the clothes we wear in real life matters less than like the skins we wear wear in Valorant and in our favorite games um at the same time in the mid-2000s like people were selling video game currency for for real money uh because Mm. people want to hit ranks and achievements in the games that they care about and i Mm. think we've done that for a long time as gamers and gamers have been pioneering new technology for the last 20 years um from from web three like games, but also before that was live streaming right before and like uh, live streaming was not uh, uh, Kevin Lynn like pioneered something like completely brand new as well where like people watching someone to play video games online was not heard of right and look at where it is now and I think um, and I tell my team uh, and the rest of the Katarina team, like, you know, this is a brand new space. It's like getting email for the first time, you know, back in like... <laughs> it's like, like sliced
0: bread all over again, right there.
4: Sliced bread all over again. Like you got to just kind of meet this like as an open canvas and be... That's why I use the word cautiously optimistic, but it, it really was like that. And I think when we were talking to investors to raise the, the money, it was just kind of like sustainability questions number two was like you know will this work you know what you know like it's it's and i think brian moss said it the best it was like kevin like justin Ariane, your startup works or doesn't like this could go a million x or it could go to zero and you know people are raising money at crazy valuation because of axi infinity um it was also yeah it was just like right time right place and right application because of what i think what campus gaming networks campus gaming in when i was starting on north america pretty much was like a DAO and was pretty much like right we're web3 anyway but it was just without the tokens it was something that people voted on it was yes. things that worked because they were just invested in the community and it's like all the same layers of why you, we see web3 projects take off and as wow, like we were just so oblivious because we were just like right. i was just oblivious because i just didn't never looked into crypto because i thought it was like jpegs and like pump and dumps and like rug pulling you know um (laughs) so i was also a bit skeptic until like wait i was just like oh wow this guild model makes so much sense and so and i've always wanted to run a guild as well Uh, i I ran a guild when i was like 12 a thousand Mm -hmm. people in the warcraft guild so it's like similar vibes of what we're doing today um but anyway um that's kind of how this happened and i think what makes us really unique to this um is our testament to like fostering deep communities um i think without that we would just be another um we could just be another guild like giving 70 30 splits or like 50 50 splits or even worse like 30 70 splits to like people from all over and i think what makes us awesome is like you know our network of 300 schools top gamers they can do other things outside of play to earn and then we're looking at ways to blend that together and in some sort of Way that benefits each individual student and it kind of goes back to my what i said earlier about we need to focus more on the individual experience and how do we bring them into a more grander experience and that's bigger than themselves because that's kind of what happened to us like we were we we found something that was much bigger than than ourselves and then we kind of like oh. admitted and it unlocked like all this opportunity um just because we chased this um rabbit hole
0: all right that's exciting now can you guys just paint the picture, Arian and, and Justin? What's next? So, you guys got this, though. Know, and again, this is just literally the beginning of your new quest, paying it forward, not just to the Philippines, but across Southeast Asia. Up to you guys. So, we're pointing each other. Uh, I guess, like, I'll, I'll, I'll
1: just say some, a little quip and then Arian can actually do the whole meet. I guess yeah. for me, it's Graduating, and then
0: the rest is like building a company. <laughs> yes, um, get that diploma. Yeah, That's uh, your side we, quest, Justin. Right
2: there.
3: <laughs> oh well, is that any scary? There's a lot of work that still needs to be done.
1: Mm.
3: Um, a lot of what's next is looking at, uh, looking at what we do and just updating it because we're so we're so community focused that. If the community changes to some degree, our product products has to adjust.
2: Correct. Either
3: the way we do things or the scale we do things. We want to keep relevant, and that's uh, as what Kevin said. It's kind of our superpower to just really be in touch mm-hmm. with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we even do something as uh, as like just staying an hour every Friday to just talk with the students about anything and everything about life. Like we really do t- take that time that I think other founders don't do. For their target market. Um, so a lot of what we're going to build this year uh, uh, is definitely continuing that, building out the platform um, even more to just, as what Kevin said, be able to see what is an academia super user? What is an ideal graduate of the academia mm-hmm. ecosystem? And how do we replicate that success? Because the students that actually go through our ecosystem are just Smurfs, they're actually crazy good after because they've grown in this um in this community that cares that is so invested already, even when they're just in college. When there are a lot of students out there who went through online education who just had to like grind through classes day in, day out. But these guys they stayed connected, they stayed, uh, they stayed driven on what they wanted to build, even even in the, in, in, the in, a, in a dark in a dark room all, all alone and only had this score to connect to other student leaders. Correct. So we just want to not forget what made us great. Um, yes. We're definitely very still very values driven still. Mm-hmm. and all this about these new worlds that uh, on, on crypto and play, play to earn. we're just gonna look for worlds that also make sense for our community because we already went through hard mode. We mm. built the trust of the de- trust and relationships in this community even before the money came in, even before they played to earn, mm. and now it's just scaling that up. Uh, not only in the Philippines but also in Southeast Asia.
1: And then one thing that we're always looking to do is, you know, we're try- We're always trying to remember to do it our way. You know, we got this mm. far doing it our way. We we like the to- we like to joke that like we announced the Philippines' largest sh- seed round with a shitpost. You know, like we like if someone if someone actually goes through our seed round announcement on our website, it's literally us making jokes and us memeing around. And for yep. us, that kind of like really just represents of what we're doing that, you know, like there sure there have been other startups that have been doing similar things to us. There have been great examples out there and some of them are actually mentoring us. But at the end of the day, like our whole direction moving forward, it's a following our motto of building what we wish we had as students. And me just like doing things our way, which is having fun along the way.
0: That is amazing. Thank you so much, guys, for such an amazing episode. And again, I couldn't think of such an amazing uh, guests, a set of guests to start up this new year in 2022 with you guys. But before I let you go, please invite people over if there are students or youngins like you who want to be. Part of your new community and be part of this whole thing that you guys are building. Where do they go and how do they do that?
1: Yeah, so if you want to join the Catarina ecosystem, you know, there's a place for every student out there. Are you going to kill this for me? But our hope PR had a line at the end for students at students at heart. <laughs> you know, like, like, we we had a, you know, there is a place for you to contribute at Akaterina, whether you're a competitor, student leader, creator, anything in between. If you really just love games, want to meet people, or maybe earn on the side and have some fun, you can check out discord.gg slash GG or akaterina.com and, you know, hang out with us. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's really just all about us having fun, you know, making some money and doing cool things. And, you know, as long, like, the way we like to live life and, Again, like again coding our press release again, all three of us on the team believe that if you do good things, good things will follow.
0: That is amazing. Again, thanks very much, Kevin, Justin, and Aaron. But before I let you go, follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple podcast or any of your favorite podcast apps. You're not on Discord. But again, if you are listening to a podcast, there is a subscribe or follow button there. Press that so you can also listen to all the next amazing episodes we're going to have here. But again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on HustleShare.com. And lastly, if you also want to be part of our little tiny community, it's going to be in the HustleShare community. On Facebook. Again, Kevin, Justin, and Aryan, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Also, shout outs to Kevin on Twitter, Kevin uh, at Kebanban, at Meta Noise, and at OPSSV. Please Hello. follow us. Thank you.
0: Follow these cool guys. And again, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.